Good morning, everybody. I am Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Friday, July 8th, 2022, and we'll continue our catechesis in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 12. Yes, Christmas music in July. Uh, we celebrated the visitation of our Lord, um, which is observed in, in the one-year lectionary on July 2nd, and uh, but we uh, observed it this past Wednesday. So we had from east to west and coast to co- or shore to shore as our hymn on Wednesday night. Now I get a little bit more Christmas today. Why not? All right. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Memory verse, say it with me. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. Our psalm, Psalm 119, beginning in verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading today is from Lamentations chapter 1. How lonely sits the city that was full of people! How like a widow is she who was great among the nations! The princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into captivity, under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. The roads to Zion mourn, because no one comes to set feast, to the set feast. All her gates are desolate, her priests sigh, her virgins are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master, her enemies prosper. 
For the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. All her people sigh. They seek bread. They have given their valuables for food to restore life. See, O Lord, and consider, for I am scorned. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Behold and see, if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which has been brought on me, which the Lord has inflicted in the day of his fierce anger. From above, he has sent fire into my bones, and it overpowered them. He has spread a net for my feet and turned me back. He has made me desolate and faint all the day. The yoke of my transgressors, our transgressions, was bound. They were woven together by his hands and thrust upon my neck. He made my strength fail. The Lord delivered me into the hands of those whom I am not able to withstand. All right. So we have the fall um, of Jerusalem here spoken by Solomon in lament, uh, foreseeing the great catastrophe that will come upon them uh, in a prophetic way, right? And uh, you see being Judah going into captivity, which happened finally in, well, it was under the Assyrians, right? Um, and you'll note, though, that it could be taken as physical captivity, and of course there is that, um, that level of meaning, if you like, that this happened in real time, uh, to a real place, to real people. Many of these events um, are with, recorded elsewhere. We find out they actually happened. Um, but it can also be heard in a, in a spiritual way. All right? So Jerusalem being um, the people of God, Judah being the, uh, the nation whom the Lord God has established, right? the people. And we find out um, that God has afflicted us, um, that he has delivered us um, because of our rebellion to him. Um, and he has done so in his anger, right? We heard yesterday from Jesus that we ought to fear the one who can um, not only um, kill, um, but send to hell, right? Which he was referring to God the Father. And I know it's not a popular thing to hear, right? That God um, is angry over sin and that he punishes um, punishes those who rebel against him. Um, but the key is that we understand why, right? We've talked about this before at length, but it's worth reiterating um, that the... That God's wrath is but for a moment, but his mercy endures forever. So his wrath is, is only there to lead one to confession, absolution, uh, forgiveness, living in the trust and mercy of God, right? To recognize actually what life is like apart from God, right? And you see that even with the city, uh, with Jerusalem, right? Um, that she, is, she, she has all these lovers, which is another way of saying idols, <laughs> and, and they give her no comfort, Right? Even her friends have dealt treacherously with her and become her enemies, right? So who is it alone that can comfort? Who is alone can deliver? Who alone can rescue? Who alone um, can be her lover? It would be God, her true lover, right? All right, so we'll hear more about that next week. Then our reading for catechesis is from Luke 12. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, 
Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then whose things will, or whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you, then, are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If, then, God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right. Um, so you know what starts this section? I mean, uh, it's I think it's worth us considering it all together. Um, because what comes after this? Let me look forward here. Oh, yes. Yeah, it really is something different. Right, so this is all about the same sort of uh, material wealth. Material wealth. All right. Uh, and so that's how it starts, right? You have somebody in the crowd coming to Jesus, and uh, what does he want Jesus to tell his brother? To divide the inheritance with him. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what a later parable, one that we actually heard uh, last Sunday? Yes, last Sunday, has to do with dividing inheritance. Yeah, that would be the parable of the prodigal son, right? The younger son and the older son, both of whom are lost. Um, I don't really like the name prodigal son. I know um, you can call it that, um, but it puts the emphasis on the wrong aspect, I think. Um, that he wasted his father's inheritance isn't really the emphasis of the parable. Um, so calling it the prodigal son isn't really um, as, as appropriate as what I did. I um, used to notice this on the bulletin, uh, for those of you in church last week, um, the parable of the lost son. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the mistake that the man was making here? coming to Jesus with such a question. Yeah, Jesus even says, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you, right? Um, judgment and arbitration belong to the law, right? That would make Jesus an official of the law like Moses, right? Uh, you see the same thing happen when um, they ask Jesus to kind of uh, to uh, decide about whether someone's divorce is lawful or not. <laughs> All right. Instead, Jesus um, just repeats the law, right, um, or summarizes it in, in terms of what we call the Ninth and Tenth Commandments, right? Beware of covetousness, which is the sin of man's heart. Uh, there's a sense that all sin begins with the first commandment, right, with a lack of fear, love, and trust in God above all things, 
Um, but it also kind of circles back to the, to the final commandments. Well, actually, sin begins with the eyes, right? With coveting, desiring what, what is not ours, which God has not given. Um, really, the first and the last commandments um, take the commandments and form it into a wreath, a circle. So you end up going back to the beginning and starting over again. All right. Um, Jesus then summarized, right? One, one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Uh, of course, that's how most of us think, <laughs> right? Um, I was listening to uh, our president yesterday, um, and he was speaking to to uh, some union in uh, Pennsylvania, a union rally. It was very interesting because he was talking about, you know, kind of um, dignity is um, working hard and then, you know, so that you can retire and die with peace. You know, and But his entire speech... Um, had to do with material wealth, having having um, stuff, a house, and then being able to live a life of leisure and old age. Um, all of which, you know, might be something that um, you can strive for, certainly, and that God might might grant you. Um, but he isn't, it isn't promised to you, right? So you have this deceitful promise being promoted by um, by a politician for for um, well for political gain, right? To manipulate and to coerce people into uh, um, supporting really what are failed policies, right? So um, that's the danger here of thinking of material wealth, the the abundance, or building up an abundance or a, a storehouse full of stuff. Uh, well, it reveals the sin of our hearts. All right, so um, we have a, a parable, right? And the parable is about a rich man um, whose field yielded plentifully, right? That made him even richer yet. Yeah, it's the American dream. It's not the Christian dream. That's right, Chris. That's a good a good point. Um, I'm not saying we can't strive, um, you know, to have um, our our needs provided for, you know, through hard work and ingenuity and um, exploration and uh, especially through family and church and strong communities. But um, it's not about having stuff and having a you know good paying job and being able to retire in, in, in luxury, you know. I know that's the kind of the dream, but that's not been promised to us by God. So you can see how that could become an idol. Okay, so this rich man is even made even richer through um, the land yielding plentifully, which of course God has done. Notice um, it's the ground that yielded plentifully. Was the man responsible for it? No, right? He was, it was given to him. It's very important. But the man thought... Well, how do I take what has been given to me, right? or even if you didn't recognize that, that's the reality, and keep it for myself, right? How am I going to store all these crops? So his plan is to tear down his big barns, right? And to build greater barns. <laughs> you see that in verse 18, right? Uh, and then you see the real danger here, spiritually speaking, right? What is the man seeking to reassure? Not his material needs, not not the needs of his children or um, his church or his community, but his soul, right? Seeking to reassure his souls. So he, then he speaks to his soul and then gives it a word of peace. I don't, it's not all that peaceful, but the word is take your ease, right? Eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, it's interesting that he leaves out the last part of that statement eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die, right? Which is the Stoic position. Um, why was this, or excuse me, Epicurean? position. Why is this a false kind of peace? Got all these goods laid up. 
Yeah, he's seeking to save himself, and he think he can, he thinks he can do that through material wealth. Um, of course, we deceive ourselves that way, right? Save himself, because notice what happens. This night, your soul will be required of you. In other words, you will die, and then how will those things help you then? Right? All the things he has accumulated when his soul would be taken that night could not save him. Um. So, to, so then God calls him actually fool. Right? He lacks wisdom. So what does it mean? Because he says, be rich toward God. What does that mean to be rich toward God? Does it mean to, to give generously to the church for, for its material needs? We certainly welcome and encourage to do so. That's not what this means, though. Yeah. What do you think? To be rich towards God is to be faithful. To be faithful, right? To confess by word and deed um, that all life comes from the Creator and that no earthly wealth can rescue from eternal death of body and soul that... Um, the greatest treasure actually is Christ himself, right? Um, he didn't, you know, faith would actually ask a different question. Uh, why has God granted to me um, such an abundant harvest? What might I do um, to, in faithfulness um, with what God has given me, right? But he doesn't think that on those terms at all. He doesn't give thanks to God for what he's received and then show his thankfulness um, and acts of mercy and love for his neighbor, right? Instead, he just builds a bigger barn. There's... Uh, yeah, there is a kind of naivete with, uh, you know, building a, a, a trust fund or a nest egg or whatever we call it. Um, especially here, I mean, you've got a perishable good anyway. All it would take is a fire or something, and then all that he had stored up would be lost. Better to, to give it to those in need, right? Okay. Um, then Jesus uh, talks to us in the famous section. Uh, we talked about this a couple days ago, actually. And he talks about two things, again, having to do with our material needs. Eating eating, drinking, really, and clothing. So eating and clothing, basic necessities, right? Um, but again, um, like we saw with the lament in Lamentations, so here too, um, Jesus is talking on two levels. Yes, he's talking about eating and drinking. He's talking about being clothed physically. But he's also talking about, I would suggest, based off of what he says later here about seeking the kingdom of God, talking about a spiritual kind of eating, that is, the eating and drinking with our body, and um, Christ's body and blood in the Lord's Supper, right? And then clothing connects us to baptism, where God clothes us with Christ in our baptism, the righteousness that God provides. Hmm? So we have, um, seek these things, and all the rest will be added to you. Uh, we have ravens being talked about here. Uh, what's the significance of ravens and eating? Remember, because we know that here the ravens neither sow nor reap. And they don't have a storehouse or barn, and God feeds them. Go back to First uh, Kings, and you have the ravens feeding Elijah and the prophet in his need. Um, who feeds the ravens? Jesus is explicit here in verse 23. God feeds them, right? Just as God gave uh, the ground to, to bear plenteous uh, harvest for the man. Um, then we have uh, returned to something that we had talked about yesterday, actually. Um, and that was with sparrows, but here it's with ravens. Are you... How much more value are you than the birds? Right? God cares for them, um, but how much more of more value are you? What else can worry not change? Right? We have clothing, and then, oh, right here we have this little bit in verse 25, right? One cubit to, to a stature. Stature is, um, is your height, right? Um, this isn't the first time we've heard about stature in Luke's gospel. It's not the last time. The first time was back in Luke chapter 2. Uh, where we heard that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature before God and men, right? 
status, you might say, or you could say just physical size, right? Uh, we'll see it again in chapter 19 with Zacchaeus, the wee little man, right? Who was short stature, um, but yet he increased his wisdom. Jesus gave him wisdom and restored him to faith. So gave him higher stature, maybe not physically, but spiritually, right? All right, then we have the lilies of the field. Notice um, we've been talking about foolishness, and then we also are going to get towards wisdom, right? He's giving us wisdom. So Solomon is mentioned, but notice Solomon uh, is not even as glorious as the lilies of the field, even with all his wisdom. So think back to Genesis 1 and 2, right? Creation, and then specifically chapter 2, the creation of man. What's the argument here that Jesus is reiterating in regards to man's importance or his stature? All right, Uh, that uh, we are the only creature made in the image of God, right? We are the only creature um, to which God himself assumes um, our nature, right? In Jesus Christ, is incarnate to the Virgin Mary. Um, So, and of course, back in Genesis, God explicitly gives authority to man over all creation, and he also says that he created all things for the good of mankind, right? This is your uh, anti-globalist, anti-climate uh, um, change uh, assertion, right? Um, that we have authority over creation, and it was given to us for our good use, and that God has promised to provide. It doesn't mean we should abuse it, but it also doesn't mean that, that we are some kind of cancer or virus in this creation, which is sometimes, or parasite, we're described sometimes as a parasite, right? Um, especially arguing for things like, you know, depopulating uh, the world so that there's more resources available for so few people. Um, it's actually an act of rebellion and unbelief towards God. Um, after uh, man's sin, remember what did uh, God do for them? Well, we, we see an echo of it here in verse 28. So we have Genesis 1, 2 and Genesis 3. Yeah, he gave them clothing. Remember, he sacrificed the animals and then clothed them with their skins. What does Jesus remind us here, verse 29, what does he remind us um, about our need to eat and to drink? Actually, verse 30, yeah, your father knows that you need these things. And also implied, like we heard with prayer, uh, he provides us with our daily bread, even without us asking, right? Not just for us, but for all people. But each week we're reminded quite particularly, I think this this is different than daily bread back in prayer, when he gave the Lord's Prayer. But now we're talking about the food and drink that he gives us um, in divine service each week, right? Where he gives us the body and blood of his own son to eat and to drink, right? And that, Jesus being present for us in the forgiveness of sins, is the kingdom of God amongst us. Because where the king is, there is the kingdom, right? So when he says, seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you, seek Jesus, Again, where the king is, there the kingdom is. Seek Jesus where he's promised to be found, and everything else will take care of itself, right? You'll be clothed in your baptism. You will be forgiven through his body and blood, received in the supper, and promised eternal life and salvation. And then everything else um, is gravy, if you like. (laughs) Yeah. So the king comes to save us and invite us to his table to eat and drink that we remain in his kingdom. Um, Then he talks about the flock. So, you know, Jesus jumps from metaphor to metaphor pretty quickly, doesn't he? Flock reminds us, of course, um, of another king, King David, right? The promise of David um, that his son would be the faithful shepherd um, of God's people. Uh, What's the father's good pleasure that's revealed? That he gives us the kingdom, right? Well, how does he give us the kingdom? By giving us his son, 
because his son brings peace between God and man through the forgiveness of sin so that we can receive and inherit the kingdom. Remember, this is all in the context of, um, of inheritance, right? What is our inheritance? What is our treasure? What is the kingdom that we have received? But the kingdom of the son, the gifts of that kingdom are preaching and the sacrament. Mm-hmm. Um, who threatens or what threatens earthly treasures, thieves and what? Moths? Yeah. But the treasure of heaven does not fail. Neither thieves nor moths can take Jesus from you. Right? So the impermanence of material wealth versus uh, our true wealth, our pr- greatest treasure, Jesus. So that true life uh, should be our, well, actually our focus, not only for ourselves, but for our neighbor, for our children, for our family, you know, for our congregation. The life bestowed by Christ through his word and sacraments, our greatest treasure. All right, so let's summarize. There is nothing more valuable than faith in Christ Jesus. This is the only thing that preserves life and saves us from eternal damnation. We need not fear, for the faithful shepherd brings us peace from heaven that he may bring us to heaven. He has provided the proper food, drink, and clothing for us in the sacraments so that we may not perish on the way. This means these means of salvation or grace are the only means that will not be destroyed. Our flesh always seeks the new and improved, but the things of God are not passing fads. Our baptism and the Holy Supper are the ground from which God reaps an abundant harvest of those who cling to him by faith. Jesus' call to sell what you have and give alms is a call to cling in faith to the life-giving word of the Creator, rather than the created things that have no life in them. And there is the problem with all material things. It all dies too. All right, none of it lasts forever. Let's confess our catechism this week. What is the office of the keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular, when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. All right. Um, let's see, I'm running a little short on time, so let's, let's sing the last two stanzas of our hymn for the week. Symbol of the world 
to God be praise and glory to the Father and the Son, to the eternal Spirit, honor, now and evermore be done. Praise and glory in the highest, while the timeless ages run. Okay. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy, multiply your mercy on us that with you as our ruler and guide we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We pray today in Thanksgiving with uh, Chelsea and Jason, who celebrate their birthday, with Walt and Jacob, who celebrate their baptism, with Randy, who celebrates his anniversary, with Jeff and Julie, Renee, Michael, Dan, Dennis, and Terry. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering. I'm going to add another one. Um, Joe Bruner, uh, actually his family were members a long time ago, friends of Ron and Joan, we're going to add him. Um, he's got a long-term um, care needs. Also, Marcella, Kelsey, and Dorothy, Amanda, Dan, Brad, and Timothy, Merlin, and Jim. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially LCMS World Relief and Human Care. And we ask the Lord to preserve and increase amongst us gentleness. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, it's been a joy to have you with us here today on this Friday uh, for our congregation of prayer. I see, I didn't actually greet you. I've got Chris and Lori, Don and Karen, uh, my folks. Let's see, Karen as well. Uh, Gus and Eileen, yep. Tim, good. My Aunt Nancy there. Defresh is on YouTube. Uh, Fahad is on uh, Twitch. I don't know if you knew we were on Twitch. So there you go. Uh, it's great. I like to do this live and then we can interact. And uh, I appreciate your questions. You can always uh, fire those off to me later on. Um, anything that you'd like to know more about if you can't do it live during the chat. And, uh, well, I hope to see you soon. So, uh, Lord's blessings to you today and always. And we'll see you again in the morning as we'll prepare for Sunday's uh, divine service. All right. See ya. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center, in Random Lake, Wisconsin. 
If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.